ubi caritas, where there is charity, there is God. Where there is love, there is God. Ubi caritas, hear the profound truth in that simple statement. Anytime you've encountered love, anytime you've seen love, anytime you've received or given love, God is there. Ubi caritas, where there is love, there is God. This past week, I slipped into the sanctuary, sat in the back there to listen to the choir as they rehearsed. This was the anthem that I heard from beginning to end. It's become for me the last few days of my life, the soundtrack in my mind. Sometimes you can get a, a tune in your mind and it becomes sort of an irritating earworm. This is the complete opposite. It's been a blessing to hear the beauty of their voices, the wonder of the instruments that were playing before you, and the power of that simple phrase, ubi caritas, where there is charity, where there is love, there is God. Yesterday morning when I opened my computer and began to read the news of the day and saw the terrible terror attacks by Hamas in Israel, still playing in the back of my mind was this beautiful music. Where there is love, there is God. Where there is love, there is God. This is the music of the Bible the old Hebrew Bible tells us that the greatest commandments are to love God with all your heart, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And there are other commands that are given that are the implied work of love, of the way love looks when it's in action. Welcome the stranger. Accept the foreigner. Care for the widow. Bind up the brokenhearted. Those commands are love made real in our lives. The music continues into the New Testament. In John's Gospel, we hear the story of Jesus with his disciples, where he says to them, I give you a new commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Maybe it doesn't sound like a new commandment. After all, we just heard the statements from the Hebrew Bible. But what is new about it is the context. Jesus soon will be betrayed, arrested, and taken to the cross. He says to his disciples in that moment, do not respond to violence with violence. Do not trust in the ways of war, but give yourself over to each other as I have given myself to you. Love one another as I have loved you. And, and then John writes a letter to the church where he declares that love casts out fear. Later in that same letter, he declares that if you love, you know God. If you do not love, you do not know God. And then the final verse, the beautiful verse from the Apostle Paul, love never ends. Ubi caritas, where there is love, there is God. This is the soundtrack of our sacred word. An invitation to us to allow our faith to be strengthened any time we see, give, or receive love. In many ways, the story we heard a few moments ago from Luke's gospel about Jesus and the disciples and the children is an acted-out parable. I don't mean that Jesus is just simply play-acting, 
But the way Luke presents the story in the midst of some other parables and things that are happening along the way with the disciples on their way to Jerusalem, it's presented as a sort of parable of love and action. The disciples, the disciples, though, don't want the children to be there. We can forgive them. We certainly can forgive them for they've, they've left everything to follow Jesus. They believe in his message. They believe in his mission. They believe in him. They're ready to bring this word of love, this word of grace and hope and charity to all of the world. They believe in him. They're working for the kingdom of heaven together. Children are going to get in the way. In their view, children can't bring anything to help with this. Let's just, let's send the children out to the narthex. Have some coffee cake. Watch on the big screen if you want. But let's get them out of the way. Jesus then says, no, let the children come to me. Let them come to me. Because Jesus understands that the church that will follow must be a place where everyone is welcomed and accepted. It must be a safe place for all, regardless of what contribution you may or may not ever be able to bring. That is the church that we're called to be. Jesus is also offering a blessing to the parents for the work that they're doing. He sees in the work that they're doing caring for the children. And it is work to be a parent. In caring for the children, he's saying to them, your love is made real in the simple actions that you give to care for your infants, your toddlers, your young ones. I love that Luke adds that little detail in the story, that even infants, even babies are being brought to Jesus. Jesus blesses them and by implication blesses the parents and their loving care for their children. I mean, think about what it's like to have a toddler, to have, to have a baby. Consider this. Some of the most demanding humans in the world are toddlers and babies. You know that, you know that's true. But if that little baby is crying at 2 a.m. because she's hungry, what will you do? You'll feed her. If that little baby has soiled his diaper, even though you just changed it five minutes ago, you're going to change it again. If you, it's story time and your little one says, oh, read the story again, what will you do? Of course you will read it. My, my son, Nate, loved the little, little children's book when he was three years old, Suki the Kitten. It was about a kitten named Suki who made new friends with another cat in the neighborhood. Each page, we would go one page at a time. And Nate, by the time he was three and a half, had the whole story memorized. I didn't need to read it. He could recite the lines as we go through. And then we get to that last page. It was a beautiful picture of these two cats sitting closely together. And Nate and I would say, Suki has a new friend. And then I'd pat him on the head and say, okay, buddy, get some sleep. And what would he say? Read it again, Daddy. And again, and again, and again, until he finally fell asleep. All, all parents I've known in my life are that way. That's what loving parents do. You care for the child, no matter what, it is, what is happening there. Ubi caritas is the soundtrack that motivates us, that gives us faith, that helps us get up at 2 o'clock in the morning to care for someone we love. Ubi caritas. As I mentioned, that music was playing in the back of my mind as I read the news reports early yesterday morning coming out of Israel and the terror attacks by Hamas on that country. I considered for a moment completely redoing my sermon, thinking I needed to address this 
in this moment with, with all of you. But the more I thought about that, the more I realized how complex this situation has been, not just for the last few years, not just for the last few decades, but for thousands and thousands of years. This little strip of land along the east coast of the Mediterranean Sea has been the site of conflicts over and over and over again, going back two, three, four thousand years ago. If you were in Rome or in Greece or in, or in Babylon or in the south in Egypt and you wanted to control the ancient Near East, you had to control that little strip of land next to the Mediterranean Sea. And as a result of that, there's been conflict after conflict after conflict. It's an ongoing concern for our world. Now, I do not say this to diminish the terrible behavior of Hamas and what they've done, but simply to bring to our attention the difficulty of the situation. Whatever happens next is going to affect Ukraine and Russia. It's going to affect Iran and Saudi Arabia. It's going to have an effect on the United States of America. There are multiple pieces at work here, multiple pieces at play. It is a complex, confusing, and difficult thing to, re to review. But what do people of faith do? We remind ourselves of who we are and whose we are. When we are confronted with injustice in the world, we sing our faith first. We sing our faith first to give us strength and hope to confront whatever it is that needs to be challenged. Ubi caritas, where there is love, there is God. We sing it again, where there is love, there is God. And again, where there is love, there is God. And in the singing of our faith, in the naming of our faith, we find the courage and the spirit that we need to face injustice in the world. We've seen this happen in recent years, even in our own land. In the 1950s and the 1960s, when people stood up against the inequality, against the racism that was at work in our country, they sang over and over again, we shall overcome when they were bombed, when they were shot, when they were beaten, when they were imprisoned, when they were pushed aside, when they were harmed in many ways, they sang again and again and again, we shall overcome, we shall overcome, we shall overcome. And they did. We have a long way to go, but we've already traveled quite far down that journey toward racial equity. What do we do, people of faith, when confronted with the challenges of the world, with the fear that inevitably follows, with the confusion and the complexity? First, we sing. First, we remind ourselves where there is love, there is God. Ubi 